Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Well, welcome, friends. We're looking this week at some very, very inspiring truths and realities about the faith. And the faith is all about a person, the person of Jesus Christ, who alone can satisfy the deepest desires of the human heart. Because the deepest desires of the human heart, what we were made for ultimately, is not just intimacy with human beings or a particular human being or experiencing greatness or glory or renown here in this world. There's things in this world that reflect a reflection of things God himself has called us to. But these desires that we seek fulfillment in in this world, they all point to something greater that's satisfying, that's never ending, because everything in this world ends. And what will never end is the life of God in the depths of us, in the depth of our being, because we were created by God, we were created for God. And from all eternity, the love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is absolute satisfaction, communion, a burning furnace of of love beyond our wildest imagining, a joy, all the things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all these things are beautifully revealed when we get glimpses of Jesus in glory, which we've been talking about this week. What's the essence of Christianity? Trying to get our finger on it because it's so easy to reduce it. It's The world is a worldly place and First of all, it ignores Jesus. Jesus talks about a dimension of our existence here on earth is it's enemy-occupied territory. He said the world's going to hate you because it hated me first. And he said friendship with the world is enmity with God, the Apostle John said. Think about that. Friendship with the world. Does that mean friendship with a neighbor who doesn't believe in God is enmity with God? No, that's not what it means. What he's talking about is friendship with and willingness and embracing and engaging the resistance to God, the resistance to the kingship of Jesus Christ that's in the earth, that's demonically charged resentment and resistance to God, becoming friends with that, embracing that, helping it to define your life, that makes you an enemy of God. That makes you an enemy of God. For example, you know, all the craze, this constant manipulating and controlling the death levers, you know, that the world demands now. Now the world defines as good, you know, as absolute right and freedom and a loving act and a good act and a compassionate act is the ability to kill human beings starting in the womb. To be able to have the freedom and the autonomy to make a decision for yourself and as a result, you know, you decide because you need to be free and you need to be happy and it's all about you that yes, you can take God's prerogative. You can take the life of an innocent human being, an eternal creature. Why? Because you said so. Because you want to. The world is under the dominion of the enemy and here's an example. Instead of the kingdom of God, which is fundamentally rooted in love and truth and goodness and beauty and these kinds of things. In the kingdom of God, what you see Jesus perfectly representing to us is the kingdom, one of the fundamental principles is my life for yours. I will lay down my life for you. 
That's the cross. That's Jesus. He laid down his life for us. That's the principle. It's a fundamental principle of the kingdom. But the kingdom of darkness is the reverse. No, if I'm going to be happy, if I'm going to make it, somebody's got to die. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. This interferes with my plans. I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. Right? So what do I do? I exercise my right and I'm affirmed by a fallen world and I'm celebrated by a fallen world in a lie. We collude together in a lie. They deny the, what are the lies? They deny the humanity of the child. The existence of the child. The fact that the child is right from conception is a human being, right? Beginning, the whole process. And all the muddling of the arguments and all the stuff that's there is to say, I want to secure my own freedom. So if I have to deny reality, if I have to deny the reality of that child, I will do that. So I can be free. Same thing with older people. You know, people who are dying or people who are handicapped or whatever. Friends, this is, this is the kingdom of this world, right? And so here's what the language that we talked about this week about the reality of who, that Jesus is Lord, that he's bridegroom, king, and judge, which is what the words of the, uh, the book of Revelation talk about. He is these things, and he actually is the king of a kingdom that will never end. And he's disarmed the principalities and powers in this fallen world. But the deal is, if we don't go deep into what we've been talking about this week and embracing and receiving the realities of what Christ has done and what he's doing in us, we're going to drift with the world. We're going to try to get along with the world. And the warning of John is, don't be a friend of the world. Don't you dare have common cause and bring into your life and out of your mouth and out of your pocketbook and other things, a defense of these things that are really principles in the kingdom of darkness and unbelievably offensive to God. Very, very, very wicked. Okay, so I'm, I mentioned abortion and euthanasia and things like that. Sometimes people say, don't, don't talk about that because it makes people feel bad because so many people have been touched by abortion. Well, friends, look, there's such a thing as forgiveness. God, poured out, you know, Jesus died on a cross to forgive us for this madness that we all get caught up in. And he truly forgives. But we've got to ask for forgiveness. And the world, the the world doesn't want us to even say that because then what we're doing is we're making a judgment about the act. And if that's the case, then we're judging them and making them feel bad. And all we should do is be able to celebrate their free decision. That's the insanity of the world. And the pressure comes on us to conform to that. And then we kind of get quieted down. Even in church, like, I think it's very hard for priests to give homilies that talk about this reality because of how many people have been hurt by it. We, we should be able in the church to talk about all these difficult things that we have fallen into as human beings. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we shouldn't isolate one sin as, you know, no, we're all sinners and we're all facing these things and we're still falling in different ways. And the church needs to be able to talk about this stuff freely and talk about the antidote for it, and to stand with our brothers and sisters. But we have to say it, we have to call it for what it is. And so there's one Lord, that's Jesus. We talked yesterday, we ended the program with talking about Paul and the teaching of Paul and key terms that are used, Greek terms and others like eschaton, you know, that the final, we're in the final age 
of history and we're awaiting the coming of the Lord and this is the time of the church and what does it mean to be a child of God, son of God, Jesus is son of God and how he makes us children of God. Christos, the anointing of the Holy Spirit on Jesus. Jesus is Christ. It's not his last name. It's the reality. It's a title of who he is. He's the anointed Messiah that was that the Jewish people await. And then we talked, began to talk about Kyrios, which he's the Lord. He's the sovereign one, the king of all things. So we hear Paul, you know, what does Paul mean by Kyrios? You know, it refers to the risen status of Jesus, first of all. He rose from the dead. He destroyed the principalities and powers, right? He brought down the kingdom of darkness by virtue, ultimately by his rising from the dead. He's the exalted Christ. He's worthy, therefore, of the same adoration as God the Father. He's the eternal Son of God. He's taken on human flesh, and we worship him as God. Originally, it was referring to initially the return of the Lord. That was a big focus of it. It still means that, but it, it means more. Jesus is something more than human, and it expresses Jesus' dominion over human beings precisely because of his glorious risen condition. It affects lives in this present world, and he's Lord of the living and of the dead, and he's the Lord of the cosmos. So Father Fitzmaier describes it this way. He said, the glory Jesus received from the Father became his power, the power to create new life in those who believe in him. This is the essence of Christianity. This is salvation. Jesus the Lord possessed a power derived from the Father and capable of bringing about the resurrection of Christians. Here it is. This is it. Resurrection to what? To the glory of God, sharing in the glory of God. As Peter said, becoming partakers of the divine nature. That's our destiny. That's where we're going. That's our hope. For the Christian the faith, for the Christian faith to be salvific, human lips must acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, this Kyrios, and human hearts must believe that God raised him from the dead. That's really essentially summarizing a simple phrase that Paul said. You know, if you confess with your lips that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confession with your lips. At one point, St. Paul said, no one can say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. The glory of God is on the Son of God. The glory of God, Jesus' glory is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus has power to give that glory, that share in God's life to anyone he chooses. Anyone who cries out to him and anyone who confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord and believes in his heart that he was raised from the dead for our salvation and receiving that salvation. And so that confession, obviously anybody can say the words Jesus is Lord or Jesus Christ is Lord. What Paul's talking about is to say it in a way that it acknowledges in reality all that we're talking about here, about Jesus, and that the human heart, my human heart, when I say it, and you say it for the first time, is I believe. I believe that you are the Lord. All power and authority belongs to you. In you is the new creation. In you is the forgiveness of sins. In you is the kingdom of God. In you is the new life. In you is my hope. In you is my life. Right? That's it. And I believe it's here because you rose from the dead for the sake of our salvation. That's critical, right? 
Father Fitzmaier goes on, he said, characteristic of Paul, it's characteristic of Paul to link Christ's death and resurrection as a salvific event, right? Romans 4.25, Jesus our Lord was put to death for our trespasses. He was raised for our justification. He died for our sins because of our sin, right? Which separates us from God. The sin problem, which produces the death problem. He comes to deal with that root cause of our disorder and our alienation from God. And that has to be dealt with. It's just, it's surgeon. He's the, he's the divine surgeon. And I remember Peter Kreef said one time, this popped into my mind here, that the cross is like a, like a huge syringe. And the blood that drips down from the cross is like to the bottom of the cross, from the top to the bottom, from the heart of Jesus, the hands of Jesus, the side of Jesus, is the antidote to the human condition. On that cross, he destroyed the dominion of death, the dominion of sin over us, because we were indeed guilty and alienated from God and did not have the life, the holiness, the life of God to live with God. And so this is what it means. You know, he, he died for our sins and he was raised for our justification. Justification is bringing us into full and right relationship with God. It's new life. Justification is to be made just, to be made whole, to be renewed. That is ultimately the new life we're given in baptism. It's a double effect, he said, wiping away human transgression, which is the negative side, and instituting a status of uprightness, the positive side we call justice. That the Christian faith may be salvific to human lips must acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. What I just said, that's why we say it. That's a fundamental cry of the Christian heart. Hope you can join me tomorrow. God bless you. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth, would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.